minutes of gaming goodness because dlc is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be and that is completely free thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash dlc pod they bring the show to you their generosity their support we appreciate it very very much it means this show gets to continue and in exchange they get some cool stuff some perks for supporting the show including ad-free episodes, video versions of the show on demand, and bonus content up the wazoo, or, you know, however you prefer to have it, including a bonus Friday show called Feeling This with Christian Spicer and Alex Solman talking about the feelings that video games conjure within them, the Wednesday paid DLC show, which... I'm told I describe wrongly every single week. Much discussion on the paid DLC program about how uh, it, it really is uh, an expression of of chemistry and camaraderie uh, heretofore unprecedented in the DLC universe. You got to check that out if you're a patron. Also, we got we got spoiler casts. We just did one for God of War Ragnarok. You get all that stuff as a patron at patreon.com slash DLC pod. But this show, the flagship show, DLC, it's all about games. And there are many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata. This bill with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host, Slash nemesis, the guy who wears his kerchief while I'm in my cap, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. This is uh, we're recording a little early this week, but when folks are listening to this, it, it's I mean, it's hol- thick, holiday thick. It's, 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 it's thick. eggnog thick. Yes, the thickest of thick. We're in it. Thick, right? That's the that's what we're talking. Uh-huh. We're talking thick holiday week. Uh, that's right. Much uh, must be uh, expressed that we are recording early because of holiday schedules, travel schedules. We're still getting the show out to you. No, we don't miss a week here at DLC, but it means we're recording Friday morning. So I'm assuming there's some megaton announcement that'll happen uh, Friday afternoon. I mean, and, with the uh, amount of news there already is, there's bound to be more over the week. It's like the end of the yeah. year. Everybody's like, uh, hey, hey, boss, we still have these 20 press releases. What should we do with them? Send them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, bear with us if we're, if we're not talking about something huge that happened. But the good news for you, listeners, is that we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, oh, I'm so excited because DLC stands for Disney Licks and Clutter. Because we have the <laughs> co-host of 90s Disney. Last of the Nintendogs, and Game Mess Decides, our friend Mike Minotti is back with us. Hey, Mike! Hey, and you know what? You know what's fun? Minotti is one N, two Ts. Look, Look at, at that. that. You, are, you are my mirror man. You mm-hmm. are my uh, inverse. 
<laughs> now everybody's going to get both of your names wrong when they try to spell. One of them was two. One of <laughs> one them was two. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know. Uh, we're excited to have you back on the show. It's been too long. Uh, big fan yeah. of your content. Uh, and we got a lot to get to before mm-hmm. I get on, literally get on an airplane and go visit my family for the holidays. So let's, let's jump Aww. right in and start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's also where you can send comments or questions, anything you'd like us to know. We love hearing from you at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. But there are other ways to hang out with us, to talk, to interact with the community. We have two forums for that, including a Discord, which is at 5x5DLC on Discord, and a subreddit, which is 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Both great places with great people. I would suggest investigating for yourself to confirm that that is true. But Mike, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Oh, like you said, there is a lot, lot going on here. I, I can't believe, like, you know, we'll get to it, like, we got news about a Tomb Raider game. I'm like, nah, not even close for story of the week. Everything <laughs> going on. I am actually still kind of obsessed about Microsoft just having no presence really at the Game Awards, except for, I think, like a commercial for Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I can. They did not have a good year. It was a bad 2022 for them. And you, you can understand and sort of maybe forgive on some philosophical level why they didn't have very many games to release, making games as hard. Games get delayed all the time. A lot of things are still impacted from the pandemic and what happened. But just not showing up at the Game Awards, that's just a miscalculation. That was just the wrong move. Yeah, I mean, Microsoft did address that this week. But it's interesting. I mean, I I think I agree with you that Microsoft had a bad year. Like, I think there's data that says, yes, I can't deny the games that they put out, first party games, we're not great this year, but like the other side of that scale is just game pass. Yeah. Right? Game right? Pass is great. Pentiment is great. So there are still, there are bright sides for sure, but you know, it, it is such a cutthroat industry still when it comes to things like those triple a games. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, live or die by triple a. A lot of my favorite games this year are triple a in the bigger context of things. That stuff just, just does matter. And it is just a weird look to not have really, anything on that level come out even especially when yeah. you're you know competitors having a decent year with stuff like god of war oh, and your horizons year. yeah yeah well aaron greenberg who is uh, xbox marketing uh, the head of marketing at, at xbox and has been for many years uh addressed this he uh tweeted on um i'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the platform twitter anyway uh he uh he tweeted uh that uh quote we have a lot planned to show and share About an incredibly exciting year ahead for 2023. We appreciate folks are eager to learn and see more. Timing is always key, but don't worry. You will not have to wait too long for what's next from us. Mike, do you think that's a sufficient explanation? It's basically, hey, hey, we we got stuff for our own show. Why, Why give it to the Game Awards? We got our own shows and things and events coming up. We'll, we'll show you then. Is that, is that acceptable to you or do you think it's still a missed opportunity i think it's a missed opportunity i see the logic there and obviously everybody's doing their own things uh and they have their own shows and they know they can reach an audience 
this is a chance to reach a really large audience. We know tons and tons of people are watching the Game Awards, and that's a lot of people who maybe aren't Xbox diehards. Maybe that's people who are on the fence. You know, that, that maybe that's a lot of people who don't really know what Starfield is, and that's something that's coming out soon, and they need to be excited about that. Or maybe they're people who forgot that they're working on a new Perfect Dark, uh, you know, things like that. So yeah, you have your own show, and of course you you got to show up and have something big there, and hopefully that's happening sooner rather than later. But come on, there has to be an opportunity to, again, if they had something, if they just showed something else from Starfield, yeah. it didn't have to be too much, and maybe just had something about one of these games we haven't seen in a while, like like your Fable, like your Perfect Dark, just something to get people reminded that, oh yeah, 2023 is going to be the year where Xbox does start releasing some big games again. I know that they've been quiet over there. I've been thinking about getting a Series S. They've been cheap for a while. Yeah, I can I can bite that bullet now. I'm going to look out for a sale or what have you. So yeah. I understand. Yeah, timing is, of course, important. And this stuff's difficult. And maybe they're still scared about committing to dates for some of this stuff. <laughs> I don't know. But, again, there had to be a little something. I, I would not have thought Nintendo, with their, you know... I love the Switch. It's becoming like a decrepit old system now. They had a surprising amount of stuff to show at the Game Awards. I can't believe Nintendo had more to show than yeah. Microsoft with its relatively new consoles. Yeah, yeah. And and they had an opportunity to kind of steal the show. I think if they had shown a, a really cool uh, Starfield thing or some surprising Fable moment, I think that would have been a, a buzzworthy thing that people would have come out of the show saying was one of the top moments, if not the top moment, if they could have pulled it off effectively. Um, so I, you know, clearly a potential for buzz for them and, and positivity coming out of the show and a lot of eyeballs on that thing. So it is a bit puzzling. Uh, Christian, I'll ask you the same question. Do you think uh, Greenberg's comment makes sense? Do you think it, it's enough to explain it? Or do you think there's a sort of a big missing uh, piece of data here that we, we don't know about that is the real reason? Uh, I'm sure there's stuff we don't know about. Um, I'm confident of that. But I, I think his statement covers it. I think I land on the other side of this discussion. Um, and I think it kind of opens the door for what other publishers had done with E3 before also of who needs who. You know, right. like, does Microsoft need the Game Awards or does the Game Awards need Microsoft? The Game Awards needs the big announcements and these big things to get their eyeballs to it. And I think you see that kind of push and pull between thing that brings eyeballs, arguably, and people who make content for thing that bring eyeballs, whether it was iTunes before and like, hey, everybody uses iTunes. You got to have your music on iTunes. And then publishers being like, but we want our own thing. We don't want them going to your thing or the streaming wars. Now, everybody used to give all their shows to Netflix. And now everybody's like, no, we have our own thing. Netflix is bad. Come, you know, subscribe to our thing. And so now we have all these different showcases and everybody wants to control their own narrative and they don't need to be a part of this other thing. And if everybody's not a part of this other thing, that other thing won't have eyeballs for long. Like that other thing by itself doesn't bring a lot, you know, to I the, think you're the showing your bias against the game awards with this response, Christian. I think, you know, you don't, you're not a fan of the game awards and you, but I think they I'm proved, not showing any bias. I'm, well, I'm, you're saying I'm uh, fighting. Who needs who? I I don't think that's yeah. Who needs who? Would anyone watch the game awards? They need Microsoft, right? Didn't isn't the the no. proof in the pudding already? No, like, they had an entire game awards that was pretty successful with lots of things to show that didn't have any Microsoft in it. 
Sure. And then if other companies, it's the same thing happened with E3. And as other companies follow suit, it becomes, oh, E3 is over. All these publishers are gone. But I think more to the point, the other side of of, um, Aaron's statement that I think is important and one that we talk about a lot on this show, Jeff, is the idea of don't announce stuff till it's ready. Like, so now the story is Xbox wasn't there. But what if the story was Fable delayed again or just a CG trailer or that's all they have to show and it's negative because they don't have the thing. And now hopefully, this is pure speculation, they can show the thing when it's ready and exciting and have a release date. Like Sony wasn't there with Spider-Man 2. You know, they did that in a blog post. Right. So it's not... But the corollary to that then, if that's the case, right, if that's the reasoning, then the the corollary, which is just as alarming, is Microsoft ain't got nothing ready, right? For Q1, I don't think there is a big AAA for for Q1 for Microsoft. There's not for Sony either that they've talked about yet. So I think that's the reason. When people are like, why did Microsoft skip the Game Awards? I think that is the core of the worry is like, do they not have anything? What does Sony have for Q1? I mean, maybe Mike, you have something to pull. I, I feel like, yeah, okay, what does Sony have that's good for Q1? Forspoken. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Game Awards for? It's Forspoken. Oh, wow. <laughs> for 10-minute speech spoken is what it's for. Incredible, uh. incredible. Starfield is still first, but it's still yeah. just first half of 2023. So that's weird that that doesn't have a date nailed down. I suppose. So yeah, they're going to have to have a show eventually to tell right. us about what exactly that is coming <laughs> one way or the other. Huh? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I think it's interesting. And I think there's stuff that we clearly don't know. Uh, and it's a lot of speculation, but it's juicy. I mean, it, it's, mm. it, it's conspicuous that, in their absence. And I don't know if it's like, it'd be great if we heard, Oh, Microsoft's, you know, got a show coming up. I'd be like, Oh, well that makes more sense. They're saving it for their show. But like, we, we don't know anything until E3. Right. So yeah. it feels like and far even- off. Even then, for years, I feel like you wouldn't even know because they weren't doing E3, right? They were doing the Microsoft Theater next to right. E3. And I feel like that would also be announced a little later. It's like no one else had that theater because they own it. <laughs> right. Know, yeah. And then it'd be like, oh, and here's ours. It's like, oh, okay, there is one. It, I don't know. I, I still think we're in that dance of how much value do you get from showing something super early in a way that you can't fully control versus – you know, we'll take a potential eyeball hit, but control 100% of the narrative as much as we can. And I don't yeah. think people have figured it out yet. I'd be, again, I'd be more sympathetic to that if they didn't just have the year that they did where there already wasn't <laughs> any major releases, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. you gotta show people something to get excited about. It's crazy to about. think that we we were supposed to be playing Starfield right now. It's weird. It's weird, Glad right? we're not. I'm too busy. But like, I agree. Right? I agree. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, it's not like I'm not going to be busy whenever it launches, but sure. you know, it's nice now. We can lie uh, to ourselves now. Yeah. Okay, Christian <laughs> Spicer, what is what is your story of the week? Um, I, I think it's it's worth talking about. I don't know how much time you want to spend here, but it's uh, Chris Metzen coming back to uh, Warcraft and yeah. Blizzard, or World of Warcraft, I guess. Um, he retired during um the excrement hitting the fan uh the first part (laughs) of excrement hitting the fan at blizzard um and kind of was like i'm i'm retiring bye and and kind of went off into the night and then more and more stories of awful things came out about that company and then he released a i think it was a a tweet or a statement that was like i am so sorry for the role i played in not being a better leader 
Um, I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, but like I, I should have been aware of more and done more to help fight this toxic culture, blah, blah, blah. And then he's kind of, I think he did some board game development. Well, it's pretty quiet for a while. And now is coming back to the Warcraft leadership team as creative advisor, which feels title made up to bring person back. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I don't know yeah. what it is. Um, and Means I don't uh, have to come in every weekday. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still work from home. Yeah. Um, and I think Jeff, I'm, I'm more curious to get your take on this. I, this, I don't know the man and I don't, I never have worked at Blizzard, you know, um, just purely from the outside, but purely from the outside and as someone who has been um, disgusted by the things that happened under that former leadership and under Bobby, who's still there. Um, this hit me as a, this sucks. This is, this is a bad thing. Why do you need that again? And I think the other side of that is that people can change and shouldn't they get another chance, but then also shouldn't someone else get a chance? Like, isn't there someone else that could have this chance to do this? That wasn't at least complicit uh, in what happened. And, I don't know. As you, you you know, saying the praises of uh, Dragonflight last week, like, is, does this excite you? Because he's made some good content for them. Well, but um, I don't know. Feels it, bad. I don't know of any specific accusations about Metzen in particular. Like, I I, I have never heard you know Metzen treated me like a jerk. He clearly was in a very high leadership position when a lot of bad stuff happened, as you said. So there is culpability there, and he has admitted to that, as you said. But I, I don't know the details. I don't, I don't know if that's willful ignorance on his part or something more nefarious than that. I mean, that's nefarious also. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't know how much blame is to be laid at his feet uh, um, in particular. I will say this. Chris, I mean, I, I don't know how much, you know, you're not a big wow guy, Christian. I'm a big wow guy. I think you're a big wow. I'm more of a, I'm more of a woe guy. Wow. Nice. Uh, nice. So Metzen, <laughs> Metzen is and has been the avatar of, of wow, so to speak. He, he has been the face of it, you know, since his inception. He's been the heart of it, really. He's the guy that comes out at BlizzCon and says, for the Horde and for the Alliance. And he's the voice of several characters. He's the spirit animal of World of Warcraft and the Warcraft franchise. He has been that guy. He's the Ben Brode, you know, um, before Ben Brode. And uh, so I think in a... In a... um, uh, in a very real sense, this, I think, is meant to signify to fans of World of Warcraft, hey, we're coming, going back to our roots. We're uh, reattaching the heart to this franchise, right? We are, um, we are signaling to everyone that WoW is still in good hands or is in good hands again. I don't know how true that is right i don't know how much impact he's going to have but i think it is a it is a um a signifier of that it, it it represents that step forward to the audience it's like hey look wow has been kind of all over the place i think this expansion has, has been accepted a lot better than shadowlands was but 
this company has been adrift. This property has been adrift. A lot of people have left. We're kind of getting back to that. We're trying to recapture the glory days here. And in that sense, like as a WoW fan, I got to say my first feeling when I read the news was not negative. It wasn't what you're describing. It was, oh my gosh, wow, Metzen's back. I'm curious what you thought, Mike. Yeah, so I, I do play World of Warcraft uh, on and off quite a bit. I'm, I've been enjoying Dragonflight uh, a good amount. Uh, so that, honestly, that's kind of my first thought is, this almost feels unnecessary. I feel like Dragonflight's already sort of kind of got us on a right path. I yeah. don't think I need even the appearance of a shakeup right now. Um, I, I do agree with Christian, though. It's like, I, I don't think Metzen has been accused of anything directly. And to be fair, I think he even left a little bit before, like, everything went down. I That's think he, true. He was yes. 2016, I think, when he was out. I think part of his problem was that he worked on Titan a lot. And when that just basically got canceled and turned into Overwatch, he was burnt out and left yeah. and, and, and all that stuff. But it is still weird. Like, well, why bring anybody back from that era, right? It seems like we're we're trying to move on from that. And again, even if he's not directly responsible for anything, he was in, a, you know, he was a big face of the company. He was certainly in a leadership role. So, yeah, that, and that's just kind of my thing. Well, what exactly is he doing here? What is these, what, what appearances are going on here? I feel like they already actually have a good path for World of Warcraft now. And for me, a big part of that is really scaling back on things like story and simplify things. And that's what Metzen was. He was kind of a story guy. And that yeah. is where World of Warcraft stumbles so badly sometimes is when they overthink the story. Or when, you know, there's this giant focus on these non-playable characters like Thrall, which is like him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we get the next expansion and I'm like shadowing Thrall again while he's actually the main character, <laughs> like that's going to be a bummer. But I, I, my feeling is that this is almost mostly cosmetic. He's going to come in and advise and probably become a hype man for the franchise again. I, I think that might be, you know, might be the case is that he's he's a symbol. Um it, it, it is interesting, though, if this had happened, you know, six months ago and then Dragonflight had dropped, everybody would have been mm-hmm. like, Metzen saved. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, so the timing of this is is interesting. And it also kind of reveals how the appearance of things aren't necessarily the reality of things. Right. Because that wouldn't have been the case. <laughs> Dragon, Dragonflight is good without him. Right. Right. Uh, right. So it's interesting to me. But, you know, this is huge news. Christian, you're absolutely right. It's huge news. And it, 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 I wonder, I mean, there's so much we don't know about how the Microsoft acquisition is going to go, mm-hmm. if it's going to mm-hmm. go. And I wonder how much that played into Metzen's decision to come back or their decision to go get him or what it is. You know, it, it's just a str- Blizzard as a company right now is in such an odd place. It is. I, and, I, you know, I wonder if it's hard for maybe somebody somebody whose resume is blizzard, blizzard, blizzard to get a lot of other jobs <laughs> right now. So, hey, yeah, you can come back, I guess. Also, you know, I didn't pay much attention to his tabletop uh, endeavor. I think he did like a Kickstarter for this uh, this whole uh, role-playing game world that he crafted uh, that looked like it had a bunch of animals that you could play at, like playable characters and stuff. Um, it looked kind of neat, but I, I, I didn't back it and I didn't really pay much attention to it. I, I wonder if that did not do as well as he had hoped it would or if he's sort of done with that and moving to the next thing or how, how that all affected things. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I also think that sometimes, you know, the, the quarterback unretires. Yeah. You know, it, it's hard to, yeah. when something is your life, you're like, yeah. I'm ready for something else. And then you're like, I have, I am defined by this other thing. I need to do the thing that defines me. But I also think. Well, Christian, signals, before you go on, I would yeah. like just to point out that I am ready to retire at any time. And I will stay retired. <laughs> <laughs> so should well, you a, have a the weird way to, to announce the end of the show? But uh, well, should uh, financially our show come into a some sort of windfall where I am able to retire? Uh, I'm, able, I'm happy to do that. Anyway, go ahead. What were you going to say? I, I like the the world where like some angel VC comes in and like buys our show, but you're contractually obligated to stay on for four years, but it's clear <laughs> that you're just gone. You're just like, hey, DLC stands for doesn't look caring. I don't I don't know who oh, cares man. anymore. Who cares? Right, everyone Discord's like, I just thought how it used to be. No, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, what I was, what I was going to say is that you know, I feel like much like the story for decades was the death of PC gaming for so long and mm-hmm. PC gaming is stronger than it's ever been and, you know, refused to die. I feel like the story with WoW has often been the death of WoW. I mean, I think you mentioned it offhand a little bit. Like, I can't believe they're still charging a subscription. Like, it hasn't done what so many things do of, like, flip to free yeah. to play and, like, the numbers are sagging. It's not what it used to be. And Well, I think- to be fair, you can free to play it for many levels. Yes. Just so you know. It's true. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So they did yes. do that. But like this shows that they are that they still see it as a franchise uh worth doubling down on in many ways. And yeah, I have no clue what that means long term for Blizzard or the franchise, but they clearly hopefully have some plan have some plan in mind. <laughs> Ooh, that now that's interesting because again, as well as this as World of Warcraft is still doing, it is still a game from two thousand four. What if he's being brought on because there is actually work happening on a world of Warcraft 2? Man, and that's what I don't he's know. actually working on. For the longest time, I I wanted there to be a world of Warcraft 2. But at this point, I don't even know. Mm. This seems like a bad idea. At what do this you point. do? What do you do? Bring, exactly. You can't bring all of these classes. You can't bring, bring all of these races over, right? Like, yeah, and they've got WoW Classic also. So they've already mm. got two WoW products that They're are filler. <laughs> Sort of cannibalizing each other too, and I mean, I literally my friend group, the 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 dudes that I've played every expansion with, two of them haven't started on Dragonflight because they're playing Wrath of the Lich King in yeah. Classic. It's like it it really is cannibalizing. It's 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 incestuous a bit, and that would just do it. Even it would splinter the audience even further into a third thing. I, I you know, do I want the game? To look more like it came out in, in the you know 2020s, yes. Do I think it's still beautiful? I do. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't think know. Well, I have... think probably not. But it was an interesting thought. <laughs> it was yeah. an interesting thought. Uh, wow. Uh, maybe have... yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, no, no. I was okay. gonna say like it, it, maybe it's something else entirely. You know, like Wow is still Wow, and this is Fort Wow. You know, like so. Well, I mean, else it, it's like. It literally says explicitly in the announcement, John Height says, uh, Chris's focus initially will be on World of Warcraft. Initially. Initially. Yeah. Initially. Yeah. Initially. Initially could have been yesterday. (laughs) He walks in. He's like, wow's doing great, guys. All right. (laughs) New thing. (laughs) Let me see that. Let me see that wow document. And done. What's next? (laughs) I did it. I saved the day. (laughs) Uh, You guys have left me a a boatload of amazing stories. Too many. Too many. 
too many stories. Um, I'm just going to do Jeff's potpourri of VR news. (laughs) (laughs) I want to clump some stories together and do some VR news. Uh, Interestingly to me, I'm excited about the release of PlayStation VR 2. I have my pre-order in. I'm waiting for February. Excited? Not you. you excited, Mike? Uh, I kind of am. You know, I haven't done a lot of VRing. I am somebody who does get a little sicky sick Mm. from it. But the idea of PlayStation VR is, is exciting for some reason, just because it always has this chance to take off and bring more people to it. And Astrobot is just the best. So yes. I imagine they're going to make a new one of them. Why have we not heard about a new one? That's I my know. question. They or at least like bring the old one over. So please, that they leads us to. directly into some news this week. Uh, two different games, uh, game franchises are uh, being ported to PlayStation VR 2. And two different approaches to how they're doing that. So we got news from Capcom this week that Resident Evil Village will be a PlayStation VR 2 game. And if you own play, uh, if you own Resident Evil Village on PlayStation, you just get the VR version. You just get the PSVR 2 version for free. It's a free upgrade. It's a VRFI, VR, what's what I'm trying to say? VR for mode. VR for mode. VRification. Um, transform your your village, your Resident Evil village, into a VR village uh, with the touch of a button. It's entirely free. Uh, it's, it basically is going to be delivered as DLC for uh, existing owners, which means if you don't already have Village and you have PlayStation VR 2 and you want to play it in VR, you just buy the game uh, and then you download the, the DLC. I think very elegant way of doing it, very cool way of doing it, not selling it as a separate product. Uh, in contrast to that, uh, two VR games that I adore, that I think are must-play VR games, uh, the Moss games, Moss Book 1 and Book 2. Book 2 just came out this last year. It's fantastic. Uh, they're both coming to PlayStation VR 2 as well. And they are not going to be free upgrades if you already own Moss uh, or Moss 2. Actually, you would know no way to own Moss 2 on PlayStation. But if you already own Moss Book 1 on PlayStation VR, uh, you got to buy it again if you want it. Uh, they are being offered with a pre-order discount of 10% if bought individually or 20% for the bundle. But interestingly, as they are uh, reselling these games or, you know, selling them, uh, selling the first one again, they are also upgrading them for PlayStation VR 2. Moss is getting a, a big upgrade. Um, they quickly, quickly, Moss 2 is available on OG PSVR. It just, oh, came you're right. That's great. Later. Thank you for the correction. That is very true. I actually own it on PlayStation. I played it the first time on PlayStation VR and then I got it again on PC. But um, I should know that. Uh, so, but they are being upgraded to uh, 90 frames per second, 4K. They're uh, upping the environmental and character detail. They got new lighting. And of course, the support for the new Sense controllers, which they've already supported on, um, similarly on Oculus and PC. But these, uh, they showed some screenshot comparisons and it, it does look quite striking. I'm very excited to to play through these games again on PlayStation VR 2, but you have to repurchase them. So, Mike, uh, I want to throw this out to you. Uh, do you think that this is okay, this sort of hodgepodge, uh, each each developer kind of coming up with their own plan here? Or should Sony kind of mandate a more cohesive strategy on how this is all going to work? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty hard. For, I could see the situation be difficult for them to mandate to everybody, but you really do want those 
PlayStation One VR adopters, PlayStation VR One. God, it's confusing. Uh, <laughs> so you want those people to feel good about upgrading to two and telling them yeah. that they have to buy games again, especially you know really well liked games like like Moss that you know a lot of people are going to be going to. Telling them to buy it again, that's pretty rough. And it's almost like you know PlayStation VR One was a success. There aren't that many people who owned like Moss One. Just give them an upgrade for the thing, or at least a a paid upgrade, not a full price uh, having yeah. to buy that again. That's kind of rough. Yeah, it's a bit of a bummer. I, I'm a huge fan of that developer. I'm a fan of those games, uh, and I, you know, I I wish they were handling it a bit differently. It is cool that they are upgrading those games visually, and yeah. I. I am shocked and appalled, frankly, that Sony themselves haven't announced just a huge slate of games that they're doing that to. You know, where's your your blood and wine? Where's your uh, Astrobot? Like, yeah, give, give me some one. of those games upgraded and enhanced for PlayStation VR 2, either as free upgrades or as a reduced price you know, kind of a, uh, a remake version. You know, they've been doing remakes for all kinds of games on PlayStation 5. Do it for PSVR 2. Why don't we already know that that's happening? It just seems like a no-brainer. Great content that only a fraction of the people have experienced. You could make it, it even more visually exciting and interesting. Uh, support the new controllers. I understand it probably takes resources and effort to make that happen, but I feel like you've got the content there the launch lineup of PSVR 2 as we know it now is not super robust. It, yeah. It's got some good titles, but it's not, it, it could use those upgrades. Like that would be a benefit. I don't know why that's not happening. This thing's coming out soon, right? It's February. February. Yeah. So yeah, it's a weird. I feel like, unfortunately it's been Sony's MO this current gen, even with that stuff where their remasters have been paid. And some of them are great, you know, fantastic, total reworkings of games but they've been paid they were quick to kind of stop the buy the ps4 get the ps5 version upgrade for free i think they allowed that with horizon forbidden west because they thought it was coming out during the launch window and then when it got delayed a little bit they said well no it no longer qualifies for that free upgrade so you're gonna have to pay ten dollars more and then everybody was like the heck no we're not Mm -hmm. and they walked (laughs) that back um but they they haven't seemed to follow you know, Microsoft's approach of um, for so many of their games, getting those free, some big, some small, but up resing boosts and, and being able to play the best version whenever Spider-Man, you know, great game came out quickly again as a complete addition with some extra bells and whistles that weren't added. Ghost of Tsushima um did some freebies but then also did the the paid expansion if you wanted the purely ps5 version i love their games and i was looking at as i'm prepping for our end of the year episode jeff like just what their year was in terms of content i love and so much of it is 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 content i love that they made this year but how they release things there are still games on my ps5 where like it downloads the ps4 version instead oh yeah (laughs) i'm like no there there not only does there have to be a better way there is and it's on the box next to me i mean it's <laughs> crazy to similar. me we've said it a number of times uh, and i'm gonna keep saying it it's crazy to me that we're two years into the console cycle and there's very very few reasons that you have to have the new consoles very few i mean if you want to play the newest latest best coolest stuff you can just play it on your playstation 4 and it still looks pretty darn good need more ratchet and clanks yeah 
and Returnals, I guess. Those are the two. Yeah. Those are the two, right? Are there more than those? I, don't uh, know. I can't believe Gran Turismo Seven was somehow also a PlayStation Four game. I, that one shocked me. Yeah, uh, Rag, yeah. Ragnarok. Like Ragnarok's is stunning looking, and it's so like weird. yeah, no. that's so that is so weird that there are people that like played God of War Ragnarok, like you know, one of the big game of the year contenders, one of the big AAA games on a base PlayStation Four. Yeah, and I heard it was great. I, right? I've heard, you know, like load times are longer and yeah, resolution's lower, but I've heard that no, super playable, great experience. If you played the first God of War that way, you won't notice anything different and it'll be an amazing experience for you. And that's like great, but also kind of like, maybe yeah. should it be? <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Like maybe, right? I don't know. It's two, weird. Years, two years into a console cycle. I mean, that in some generations, that's almost halfway. Yeah. You Back know? in the old days, exactly. We'd already yeah. be talking about, like, what's yeah. going to be after the GameCube? This thing's getting old. <laughs> That's wild. Uh, all right. I mean, there's other uh, VR news, but I think it, it, it's an early announcement that HTC is planning to do a headset. But I'm sure we'll be talking about that the first week of January when CES happens. So I'll, I'll, I'll wait and we can, we can talk about it then. I do want to talk about because, uh, Mike, you brought it up and it sounds like you're excited about it. Uh, this news about the new Tomb Raider game from Crystal Dynamics is going to be published by Amazon. Yeah. Why? <laughs> why Amazon? Does it? Didn't did did Embracer embrace Tomb Raider? <laughs> we thought that uh, we thought they embraced him with dollars with a purchase. Right. But... I assumed that when they embraced him, they whispered so soft in their ears, "We will publish you." <laughs> right. But no, I guess we're, they need that. Amazon money. I guess after maybe Saints Real wasn't bringing in the cash flow, they needed to partner up here or something. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, it's Tomb Raider. Yeah, well, uh, Unreal Engine 5, Tomb Raider, I'm sure it's going to be beautiful, and quote, the most expansive Tomb Raider game to date. Man, I was just thinking, it'd be, you know, Tomb Raider's great, but they made it more expansive. That'd be so awesome. You love expansive stuff, Mike. That's like your whole thing. You're like, make it more expansive. I'm always saying, Jeff, I gotta (laughs) expand it. Well, maybe the reason for the publishing agreement is that that's a typo, and it's actually the most expensive Tomb Raider (laughs) ever made. When I first read it, that's what I thought it said. I was like, oh, wow, that's really a bold thing. It's like, this is... That will certainly be true. It will absolutely Actually, be yeah. the most expensive Tomb Raider. They're yet. like, but I think, Amazon, is that... it's real expensive. <laughs> is, uh, it, no, it doesn't mean that it costs a lot to make. It just means it's going to be expensive for you to buy it. Oh, oh. Yeah. oh also <laughs> true. The most expensive Tomb Raider. It's going to be $70, guys. It's the most expensive Tomb Raider. Ever. I'm super curious what this, I mean, they say across all consoles or, or what, multi-platform, you know, is it going to be Luna first? Um, is it going to, is there going to be, <laughs> you know, like, is Amazon question. just becoming, is Amazon Answer's just becoming? No, a, but that's a good question. <laughs> is Amazon, does is Amazon it just know about Luna? A publisher? Um, yeah. You know, like, what, what is a, it seems like, to me, Amazon doesn't seem like the company that looks to expand into game publishing because they need to diversify their portfolio of services they offer or find a way to add revenue. Like, I think they do everything already, and they seem pretty profitable at it. I, I'm curious for the Amazon exec side of things, you know, what what this checks, what bucket this completes for them. Right. I don't, Maybe it's they're going to see behind the curtain on Unreal 5, and they're able to, like, tinker because the, their self-made games are struggling. The one thing I heard posited, which is, like, maybe that's what they're thinking, is that Amazon wants to buy Embracer Group eventually, and maybe wow. this is, like... 
a little bit of testing the waters there. Uh, I don't know, but that's that's a big deal. And as we're seeing right now, FTC is not a big fan of big deals right now. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, it's weird because, you know, everything's about IP, IP, IP. Well, they, Amazon doesn't own the Tomb Raider IP. So I don't know what exactly is in this for them in the long run, other than they're going to help publish this one game. And I guess get to skim some of the profit off of that. It's weird. Do you guys think that uh, expansive is code for its open world? Yeah. I mean, the last ones were, you know, that kind of that open world in a Metroid Prime sort of sense, right? Like lots of corridors connecting. Imagine mm-hmm. this one will be more open than that. Yeah, I picture it being similar to uh, God of Wars, the yeah. recent God mm-hmm. of Wars. Not quite hub and spoke per se, because God of Wars are bigger than that. But I also don't see it being Horizon. I don't think Lara is works as well in a horizon world maybe if it's like littered with tombs but i think that would require a lot of work (laughs) too like tombs everywhere (laughs) yeah she doesn't really have a lot of movement stuff maybe they'll give her a motorcycle she rode a motorcycle one of those playstation one intros right yeah with the the real polygonal ones yeah yeah Yeah. uh i'm looking forward to it i've enjoyed all those tomb raider games and uh the fact that they're doing uh unreal engine 5 i'm sure it's going to be gorgeous gorgeous yeah it and sounds expansive. Like it's, <laughs> it's expansive. It sounds like it's 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 quite a ways off, though. I wonder if we're going to back off from kind of the a bit of the grim dark uh, tone. Mm. The, I, I liked those last games. I thought they were really fun. I was a little tired of like introspective Laura Croft uh, thinking about what it means to murder a person, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, right I've heard. I heard they're bringing they're bringing Henry Cavill in to play Lara. So I'm excited <laughs> for know. him. I to... heard that his schedule has freed up. Yeah, uh, he's uh, <laughs> just a few days away from taking that back and canceling out on on that anyway he'll be the new captain america by the end of the week Feige's not waiting all right uh let's uh let's talk about the games that we have been playing but first i'm gonna tell you about our sponsor squarespace 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 is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online i've been using squarespace just as a website construction tool set and uh, the place where I, uh, I house my website uh, for about 15 years. Yeah, I'm old, but that's just how long I've trusted Squarespace. I've been recommending it to friends and family that long too. But now as a business uh, and brand building tool set, Squarespace is, has all kinds of new uh, applications that help you Build your brand, stand out. You've got that beautiful website. You've always known that Squarespace is a place to build a beautiful website. That's that's their hallmark for 15 years. And now you can engage with your audience and sell things, anything, your products, the content you create, even your time. You have these member areas that make it easy for creators to monetize their content and their expertise in a way that fits their brand. In the member areas, you can unlock new revenue streams for your business and free up your time by selling access to gated content like videos, online courses, or newsletters. And videos are easy to create right there in the Squarespace Video Studio app, which um, helps you make them, helps you share them, and lets you tell your story, grow your audience, and drive sales. They have uh, the ability to sell things, whether you're selling physical products or digital products. It's so easy. Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. You just drag and drop, plop it in, All of a sudden, your website is an online store. Analytics 
uh, give you insights to help grow your business in real time. You can learn where your site visits and sales are coming from and then analyze which channels are most effective. It's incredible. There's blogging and commenting features, appointment scheduling, everything you could possibly need. You got to check it out for yourself. Head over to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. You'll get a free trial and it's totally free. You don't even have to put in a credit card to use it. They're not going to automatically charge you after a certain amount of time. It's free. The only time they charge you is when you're ready to launch your website. And at that point, you use our offer code, Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word, and you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Great place to buy domains. That's where I bought uh, all the domains that I've ever bought, really. And it's got such a cool front end, suggests other domains for you. It's really slick. Check it out, squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. And then Jeff sent me is the promo code to save yourself 10% off your first purchase. All right, let us talk about the games that we have been playing in a segment we call The Playlist. Mike, what is on your playlist this week? Well, one of my most anticipated games of the year actually finally came out this week with River City Girls 2. I am a bit of a beat-em-up fan. There's been something of a beat-em-up revival in the last few years with stuff like the first River City Girl, Streets of Rage 4, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. So uh, I was really looking forward to this one. And it's it's launched in a rough state. Oh, no. It has a it has a it has a weird frame rate slash input delay problem where and they already addressed it but the game's accidentally like locked at 30 frames per second or something on every platform which is creating a lot of input lag and other weirdness so uh it's it's unfortunately in a oh i gotta wait for some patches for this baby now what are you playing you yeah yeah I'm on Xbox, oh, Series X and S. I tried on, but apparently it's it's affecting all platforms. Yikes! This issue right now, yeah. So it's a it's it's a bit of a bummer. I mean, behind that though, it's still clearly very much the DNA of that first game, which is this really colorful, bright uh, beat 'em up with the the kind of RP, some RPG mechanics. Again, it's sort of following in the steps of River City Ransom on the NES uh gorgeous gorgeous pixel art amazing music like everything about that first game is really here a couple of new characters you can play as stuff like that but it is it is oh oh yeah something something went wrong in the mm. process of uh we're done and then actually releasing it i don't know if it's like a pokemon scarlet and violet style memory leak or something but there's something's leaking <laughs> something's leak christian are you experiencing that as well i know you're a big fan of this game yeah franchise. so i'm playing yeah. I'm playing on PC, um, and it also launched kind of broken. And it, it, you know, they had said this game was coming out this year, and then it had been radio silence for quite a while. And then it launched, I think, in Japan, yeah. but without online multiplayer, and also kind of in a rough state. And they were like, "Don't worry, it's it's still coming to the U.S., even though the Japan version had all U.S. voice acting in it." So everybody's like, "What's the? It's out. What's the <laughs> delay?" Like. I think it was published by somebody else in Japan. So I, I believe there were clearly, you know, contractual dates in which this game needed to come out. And the folks over at way forward were scrambling furiously to get it into a shape to, to be uh, suitable for release. Cause the first river city girls did not suffer from this problem. And this game is bigger. 
Uh, there are more characters, the open world, you know, open world, the brawler open world that embodies a River City style game is bigger than the first game. But yeah, when I fired it up on PC and um, it's stuck on 30 frames per second, even with my beefy GP, Jeff, it's like yeah, something beefy GP. Something's not something's not right here. Uh, so I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Steam page right now, and the newest update is all caps. Yes, frame yes. rate fix incoming. Yep. <laughs> yes. So on, right. hopefully yeah. by the time people hear this, that patch well, will have already made possibly. Uh, uh, on PC, it's available, but it's it's uh, you have to go into the beta path, but it's open public beta is like the code to get it. And they're like, hey, we're still working on it. I don't know how long it will take to come to consoles, but I mean, night and day. Like When I was playing it originally, I was like, oh, yeah, it just it feels like you're in a swamp. It does not mm-hmm. feel good, especially coming off of Shredder's Revenge and some of the other excellent brawlers that have come out recently. And then I went into the beta path and entered that code and, you know, with their released beta for it. It's phenomenal. Like per just my on, it says it updates it to 60 frames per my on screen, not through like a fancy GeForce overlay, but just built into my monitor frame rate counter. I'm pegged at 144 and it, it's just so smooth and so buttery. And like River City Girls has always been air quote harder or River City in general. It's harder than like TMNT style brawler where that RPG mechanic comes into play and you have to level up your characters. And whereas like TMNT, if you hold you know, right long enough, you'll get there. You know, it's mm-hmm. either enter more quarters or just hold right and you'll get there. And the River City franchise has never really been that. And I was on like, I think it was the second boss. It's like mini boss or whatever. I could not beat them. Just like pounding my head. I was like, this is harder than the first. I thought this was supposed to be a little easy. I can't do this. It's terrible. And then all of a sudden I got the game at the frame rate it's supposed to be at. And I was like, oh, this is a delightful challenge. Mm-hmm. I beat the boss. So let's keep <laughs> Let's keep moving. So that that patch really needs to come to the other consoles. Um, without it, I would not recommend the game. But with it on PC, it's easily on, you know, super high on my list of, of games of the year. It's phenomenal. Because for all the things Mike said, the systems that it had in the first game, it gives you cool moves earlier. The music is just incredible. How they've expanded the universe to incorporate other brawler universes uh, is super fun. And the characters are, are written so well. It, it's a treat. Quick side note for me, I, I, I uh, introduced my son and daughter uh, to Shredder's Revenge uh, yes. la- day before yesterday, uh, and now it's all they want to do. My my, my four year old daughter was like, "Daddy, can we play Turtles?" Yeah, uh, yeah. We've been having my a good time. Biggest wish for twenty twenty three is that that team just makes a new Sis- uh, Simpsons beat 'em up. Game. Oh, yeah. That's just I wonder all what I the, want. Wonder what the licensing for that is. Uh, that's a problem, but man, that'd be cool. Got, got to talk to Disney. Yeah, that's right. Disney owns everything. Uh, all right, so it's River City Girls 2. Uh, what else is on your playlist, Mike? Uh, well, we talked a little bit about Dragonflight, but yeah, yeah. I kind of I finished the leveling, so I'm now level 70. It's kind of flying around, doing some world quests, maybe gearing up a little bit. I'm not planning to get into any big raiding or anything. I say that... It, it sucks because raids raids are fun, Jeff. There's so much yeah. fun. But that just sucks. came out. Yeah, and but it's a it's such a time sink anymore. It's I was playing. I am playing a lot of Final Fantasy 14 the last couple of years. Really, that's what I was doing. Sort of after bouncing off of Shadowlands last time, and you know, I, I one one of the things I love about that is I'm not doing the raids necessarily. At least the big boy raids there, and it still feels like there's always a ton of stuff to do. Anyways. I'm wondering if I'm going to feel like that with Dragonflight still, or if after a few weeks of just doing some world quests and maybe a couple of dungeons, I'm going to burn out on it. 
Uh, but we'll see. But even like, yeah, Final Fantasy 14, I tried to do big boy raids for a bit. And I'm like, I am not in a position in my life anymore where I can dedicate <laughs> two, two yeah. nights a week. And that's like the light schedule is two nights a week. <laughs> Right. That's like instead of like you're pretty casual at raiding. <laughs> right. Like, that's two whole days a week. And it's just yeah, it just doesn't really work out anymore with trying to actually have a professional and personal life. In, so did you did you level an evoker or you have like a, a legacy character that what what class are you playing? No, I went play? evoker. I was like, oh, let's, let's try the new thing out. Yeah. Uh, I, for some reason, I stubbornly leveled as a healer the whole time. I don't know why. That didn't really make sense. Just like but the, I love, the long version. Yeah, I just like <laughs> healing. I'm like, I'm going to I need to really learn where all these buttons are so that I'll be a better healer. Then when I finally hit 70, as you know, when you hit 70, the mobs become a lot harder because of the scaling. So I'm like, OK, I'm going to get some a devastation uh, talent tree going there. But yeah, I liked being a Voker uh, a good bit. I think the breath attacks are a lot of fun. Like the hover just kind of flying around. Yeah. Uh, it's a good fantasy. It's a little bit of a bummer, the whole transmog thing. You don't, you can't really like put on armor and see it on your dragon. You have to do that visage thing where you turn into the human. I can, I can get over that a little bit though. Uh, I'm just glad that there's a new ranged class added to the game for the first time since launch. Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah, it, this is definitely doing a lot of things that I think that they just needed to do with World of Warcraft. So much of it is about simplifying, simplifying those endgame systems, simplifying the story. I was just so relieved when it was just like, oh, hey, we're dragons. There's a bad dragon. You want to come? I was like, yes, that's all I need. Thank you, yeah. World of Warcraft. Fantastic. No, you don't understand. You died and there's five different uh, death worlds. Uh, they fight them at Death Worlds, and they also still somehow have level 55 bears that you need to kill. God. <laughs> yeah. And you can die in Death World. Ugh. Don't ask. Don't ask about yeah. why that is the case. Yeah. By the way, have you ever heard of Sylvanas? Let's talk about Sylvanas <laughs> for the next five years. Like, no. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I, I'm having a blast with uh, Dragonfly. What do you think about the flying mechanic? Great. I love it. It's Because that's – there's easy more of that, of finding ways to take very simple systems, practical systems like traversal and gamifying them. Yeah. And that's what this is. Like all of a sudden flying around itself is something fun. Whereas before you go to like a flight path and, you know, click on it and then I'll tab out or you yeah, would right. maybe just, yeah, you get on your mount and fly too, but it's almost the same thing. I would put it on auto fly and then I'll tab out and then accidentally pass my marker or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's fantastic. I know it's basically a system that they copied over from, uh, I think Guild Wars 2. That's okay. Yeah. That's what World of Warcraft does best. Is taking good ideas from other MMOs. I mean, World of Warcraft has also contributed enough on its own. I think it can feel okay about that. Yeah. Same thing with the uh, the UI uh, kind of editing. That is very similar to what Final Fantasy fourteen has. And yeah, it's a great thing. I'm glad that's here. I'm glad. I think I don't have any mods installed, which must be a first time for World of Warcraft. Same. The first time ever. Yes. First time. Yeah. Thank God, because I'm tired of like, going to curse.com or whatever people yeah. do these days and keeping like updating my ads and like going, what are top 10 ads that I need to have? So <laughs> that alone is just, just very refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a real, uh, it's a real hit, man. I, I'm, I'm back to really enjoying while wow, looking forward to playing it uh, daily and, and um, having a good time. We'll see how long that lasts, but you know, yeah. thanks Chris Metzen. You saved. Wow. You did it. Did it. You did it. I don't did want it. to throw the word hero around, but <laughs> Uh, what else is on your playlist? Uh, not you know, I'm still snapping. I'm still Marvel snapping, but playing. Yep. That's kind of like my daily little. And I, I'm not a big phone gamer at all, but I play a little bit of Marvel Snap on my phone every night. So the fact that a game has me doing that 
is pretty shocking and pretty cool. Uh, but then just I checked out those Mario Kart 8 Deluxe uh, tracks and uh, they're yeah, they're fun. Uh, I like the Christmas one a lot. I'm a bit of a I'm a kind of a Christmas guy. You know, I like that whole holiday vibe. So going in a Mario Kart track where there's a magic Christmas train choo chewing around, that just felt good. That was good for the soul. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. As far as Snap goes, what what is your hook? What what keeps you playing? Just just winning, progression, uh, ranking up. What's what's your the reason that you keep coming back? I should say winning. I'm just such a winner, Jeff. I just keep <laughs> winning, and you know I'm on this 1,000 game winning streak. I just got to see where it goes. Um, I I think it's the uh, part in this the snappiness of it. I love mm. the pace of it. Yeah, uh, you know, in Hearthstone, I played a lot of Hearthstone. I would do the thing. I wouldn't even watch my opponent's turns because they took too long. I right. would alt tab out. Maybe I just don't have much of an attention span. Actually, I, I was just kinda... discovering you like to alt tab. Uh, that's I what do. We're discovering. Mikey alt tabby Minotti. Uh, <laughs> yeah, here it's like you know, it's it's all very quick. We're all t- we're taking our turns at the same time. Even if yeah. I lose, I can get in that next game really fast. And I love that the snapping mechanic where you're sort of gambling or you're sort of calling bluffs, you can like get more progression or lose more progression if you think you're going to win. It's a good way of minimizing bad luck. Because if yes. I have a bad start, well, then I just know, all right, well, I'm not going to snap. And if he snaps, then I'm out of here and I'll get right. to the next game. So it kind of minimizes the RNG factor that got sort of absurd in Hearthstone sometimes. Yeah, and retreating is not is not a, it doesn't feel bad. It, no. it, it's a strategy. I think it's cool. Yeah, the um, game even communicates that well. It, like when you retreat, it almost treats it like a victory. Like, good job getting out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you escaped. You it's like, no, I, I ran away like a loser is what I did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I got to say, some of my compulsion around uh, Marvel Snap has snapped a bit mm. based on the – I think that I am a um, – I am addicted to the, to the r- ranking up part of it mm. and the – speed at which a new season starts and the precipitous drop that every new season brings with it it it, it really has been demoralizing to me like i to be like what are oh, they on, like five already like they've already done like the several ten dollar no, season passes right it's monthly it's monthly it's monthly, it's monthly. It, okay it is too fast it should at least be two months i think you're right uh like you know, I'm like I want to like at least get to level fifty in one of these. I remember I was yeah. just playing the one day I was level forty nine. Then like in between matches, it's like new season. I was like, we just <laughs> had a new season. What? It's crazy. I'm like, oh, I got, I'm I'm almost to platinum. Or almost to yeah, platinum. Almost to platinum. Uh, nope, iron. Uh, yeah. Try, 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 try. Get to gold. Get to gold. Get to gold. Iron. Oh, uh, it's it just feels uh very um very like a the grind of it is enhanced like I'm, it's like yeah. oh well it's two steps forward one st- you know one step forward two steps back is what is what it is and it it makes me go well okay well i guess i have to figure out a different reason for me to play i just have to enjoy the individual matches of it rather than push myself to try to get higher on the ranks you are I, right I though think- and I, I hope that is something that maybe they're hearing because that seems to be the big criticism yeah these seasons are you know i'm happy to buy these season passes but now i'm starting to think wait that's ten dollars a month. How many months are there? One hundred twenty dollars a year, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. And it would be fine. I mean, I wouldn't have as big a problem with the seasons being that frequent if you didn't get dropped down so much when every drop. new season. It's a massive drop. It's like okay, well, you're just it's just arbitrarily making me run on that treadmill again. Yeah, I feel like that's the dance. A lot of these 
games, and I'll include Fortnite in this in this genre of how much FOMO is the right amount yeah. and how much is too much to to break you. Like this season on in Fortnite, uh, and I don't think they've changed it as of we're recording this, but it's kind of been the commotion earlier for when it launched is that you can't stack your weeklies throughout the season. It's you need to do them. Like before you could have these, you have these challenges and you kind of get to the end of it and be like, oh, I'm going to go clear this. You know, it's Friday, the end of this arbitrary time. I'm going to go bang out all these things. And now it's like, no, you you need to play all the time. We we are with you all the time. And that sounds like what- <laughs> This is your Marvel job now. Is. Yeah. yeah it, it, and it, it's like, if you dedicate yourself to it, you will hit that rank and you will, you got to always be playing. And I do feel like for a lot of people, you push them too far and you fall completely off the cliff. There's that just amount of like carrot on stick, but it needs to be attainable. And I think that length is different for everybody. And I imagine this game has to be looking at the data and, and, and tweaking that as it goes forward. Well, it remains to be seen. I, I, you know, I still love playing it. I still love the action of playing. I just wish, I just wish that was a little more balanced. Anyway, uh, Christian, you already talked yes, about you talked about your River City Girls too that you've been playing. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk okay. about our beefy GPs because okay. um, uh, we've mentioned before that Nvidia was very kind and and sent to us uh, forty series uh, GPUs, uh, forty eighty for you, forty ninety for me, only because I'm ten better i guess oh i thought it's because you were older um i thought that was the- <laughs> probably what it- actually it's because i have the super ultra wide and it's it like five on each side you know so it's a little little wider you need it. anyway it, it will suit you better for vr that's for sure as you no, are pushing I, out a I lot grateful. more than what i will be pushing out we sorted that out amongst ourselves and i'm grateful for you for you uh to do that anyway the point is uh these are very expensive cards we acknowledge they're very expensive uh we did not have to pay for them and we are very fortunate in that case and we acknowledge they are very expensive. But I have a confession to make, Christian. <laughs> I Last week, we talked about Portal RTX, which is extraordinary. If you've got an RTX video card, it is a must play, in my opinion. Stunning in the ray tracing, global ray tracing, stunning. And I don't, Take anything away from that discussion that we had. But at that time, I did not know (laughs) that I actually didn't have the right settings in Windows (laughs) to take full advantage of my video card. This is a problem, I think, uh, because I'm not, you know, I'm not an idiot. I mean, I am sometimes, but in this case, I guess I am. But... (laughs) I feel like the messaging around this needs to be very front and center from NVIDIA because, and, and they, uh, to be fair, they did send me instructions that I <laughs> lost over, but there is a setting in Windows uh, that it needs to be clicked. Uh, hardware, you, hardware acceleration. Don't, hardware, hide, don't, don't bury the lead. Yeah. Hardware acceleration in Windows Uh has to be on so it's a hardware accelerated gpu scheduling which doesn't sound like something i need to have on it doesn't scheduling it's gonna what's gonna make my calendar work better okay yeah let's get more more snap in you have more time to play snap because you have your gpu scheduled (laughs) turns out so i we were checking out uh the witcher 3 update in particular which just added uh 
a whole bunch of bells and whistles for RTX cards, ray tracing, uh, all kinds of graphic upgrades for a very old game, Witcher 3, very good game, Witcher 3. And I went to the menus and I was like, hey, how come all those DLSS options are grayed out? Uh, and Christian was like, "Because uh, maybe because you're an idiot. And I was like, oh, no, it's true. I am an idiot. <laughs> Got to have that uh, hardware accelerated GPU scheduling clicked. I clicked that, went back, played uh, Marvel's Spider-Man on PC, played the Witcher 3 update, played Warhammer 40k Darktide, all of which we're going to talk about shortly. But I'm going to say DLSS 3.0 is, I feel like I've seen God. Now, I don't want to overstate this, but it is hard to express the difference between having my little hardware GPU accelerated scheduling button off and on and being able to actually employ DLSS 3.0. I'm surprised the other games didn't clue you to that. Well, that's the problem. There's no big button in any of the games that says DLSS 3.0. Because it's it's multiple parts. It's multiple it's, things. It's, it's it's all, the settings are, are all sort of obfuscated a bit. We just put the cartridge inside the NES and it just started. We didn't have to push no <laughs> My buttons. day? That's right. Get off my lawn, Mike. <laughs> I'm checking uh, my settings now to make sure I have this turned on, by the way. I'm scared. <laughs> I, dude, I... the And I played um, Plague Tale Requiem. These games that use DLSS 3.0 to add extra frames to uh, enhance the... Uh, the frame rate that so way back up just a little bit so yeah dls s man i always i always want to put one s on that thing um it's it's kind of multiple things put, yeah two two big things one is the resolution and auto enhancing up sampling upresing yes uh which has been improved upon from dlss 2 yes. and now also ai frame generation so there's super sampling and frame generation Right. Among other things, but those are the two. That's the peanut butter and jelly, the the big guns of DLSS 3.0, and with their powers combined, watch out, Dude, Captain Planet. When it's I played Spider Man, uh, the remastered PC version with those uh, options on, having literally just played it with the 4090, <laughs> and being blown away by how good it looked already, like <laughs> when I had those, I was like. Oh my God. Oh my, I, I truly could not believe how much better it looked. It is a dramatic improvement. Now, again, take, you know, you, uh, listeners, take this with a grain of salt. I guess we got these cards for free. I know it sounds like I'm doing an ad. I'm not doing an ad. I, the last time I felt this way about a technology is when I saw HDR for the first time. And I was like, well, HDR is the thing. Like, high resolution isn't the thing. HDR is the thing. That's kind of what I feel now, but it is it's resolution and frame rate. And the fact that it, I mean, it is dramatic, the improvement. I, I and, and I think it even was more impactful for me because I had been playing it literally without the one little toggle toggled and then toggled it and then went right back into the games and was like, holy it, it, this is, I really do think this is a massive thing that all games need to support going forward because there aren't a lot of games, frankly, that support it yet. It's more and more, but it's a list of about 30 right now, 40 games. Um, and all games need to do this. It is 
And honestly, if you have the means, like, this is a huge thing that, like, you know, the, the RTX cards having ray tracing was was big. I really do think DLSS 3.0 is a game changer as far as visual fidelity. I'm looking at it on the super ultra wide monitor with, I mean, it is like my, it's 120 hertz monitor. I am pegged at 120 hertz and, and it, it is silky smooth. It's like playing in butter. The, 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 uh, the super sampler. It's like playing in butter. It's like being inside butter. <laughs> Have you ever been inside butter? Then you know what I'm talking about. Badly, no. <laughs> anyway. I, I Butter's been being... inside me. It's probably still inside my heart as I speak, but I've never been inside butter. Maybe I should try it. All right. I'm going to stop shouting in the mic now, but I, I truly, I had, a, I, I had a religious experience. I could not believe it. I couldn't believe it. And I feel like an idiot, but last week I was like, it looks so good. And it did. It looked good. But now it is... It is an order of magnitude more, uh, I mean, I, honestly, I'm just playing Spider-Man all the way through. And Witcher yes. 3, let's talk about Witcher 3 update, Christian. Well, Tell me. I, I, okay. Before we get there, I do want to say to this point, to your points about this stuff, um, I think, and I've mentioned this with Portal, but now I know that I'm talking to someone who's actually listening and has seen what I've seen. Um, <laughs> I think it speaks to how demanding 4K, I'm playing on a 4K monitor, regular, regular wide, normal wide, a normal wide monitor. And I call myself um, normal wide. <laughs> <laughs> but 4K, 144 hertz. And I think it shows how demanding that still is, especially with ray tracing and all of the, ray, like a little yeah. bit of ray tracing demanding, all the ray tracing, very demanding. And I think what NVIDIA has done with their, you know, solutions to that with their AI uh, super sampling and frame generation proves that you can have these very demanding games look their prettiest and run well on a very high end GPU, mind you. Um, Cause one of the first things that I've did with all these games is I was, you know, uh, Homer Simpson being like, Ooh, Ooh, mm-hmm. like option on option off option on option off option on option off. And like seeing my frames just collapse, you know, running uh, cyberpunk, in psychotic mode or whatever it was called and like right and it's like it can't it chugs even with this powerful brute forcey gpu it chugs then you turn on the the dlss 3.0 features and you see it just come alive and i think the biggest change for me about that is that there were times with dlss whatever it was called one and then and also 2.0 games where i would sit and I remember Control, which got updated to DLSS 2.0 later. But whatever version of DLSS Control first had, I'd sit there and look at it and be like, yeah, it runs, a, I'm getting a little better frame rate, but it doesn't, mm, I can see artifact. Or it didn't look like a native image. I'd rather have a native whatever image. And so I would, I'd have to make that decision every time I fired up a DLSS game, like what's better for me here, this or that. And I have not had that problem with any DLSS 3.0 game I've played so far. The best version of it is, you know, super sampling set to auto, whatever it recommends, uh, and then turning on frame generation. And even when I turn that off, the image to my eyes looks as crisp and as clear as when I turn it off and just run it natively and have crappy frame rate as when I turn it on and play almost exclusively over 100 frames per second. And that I think is the biggest shift about what DLSS 3.0 brings to the table. Yeah. The, the downside to, is what you said. I think it's like 35 games. 
that support it right now, maybe 40 games. And man, it sucks when a game, Dude, game doesn't support it. I know. It's, <laughs> it, this needs to be uh, adopted fast by everybody because it is, um, it's a dramatic improvement. I mean, it is unbelievable. Okay, let's talk about Witcher 3 because yeah. that was the, uh, the, the, the comedy of errors where I, I was like <laughs> texting you like, this doesn't look that much better. <laughs> like, I, was like, I texted you like, oh my uh, God, so smooth. And you were like, <laughs> I was like, really? Uh, it's okay. I mean, uh, it looks like an old game. It still looks like an old game. And, <laughs> and then uh, I like dug into the options and I saw these grayed out things. I was like, those shouldn't be grayed out. And I was like, Christian, why are these grayed out? And you literally <laughs> sent me a snapshot of the like <laughs> manual the recommended settings for the thing. And I was like, Oh, you know, I'm the idiot. guide that you were sent yeah. along with the, the, yeah. the, the instructions that, that I tell my kids, you can't build the Lego without reading the instructions. but I'm smarter than the instructions. <laughs> Come on. Um, <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a real thing. Like the fact that this key feature is limited by the operating systems, little like NVIDIA can't do anything to do that for you. Right. They can't, they can't make the operating system click that little button. That's a Which problem. I think, I think that might be on by default for a clean Windows 12 install. I think. Well, I'm Windows on Windows 11, 11 still. Whatever. It's about to say, Windows shit. I, What's I, the oh, new oh, one? Sorry, clean language. Uh, I was about to say, dang it. I, I don't have a 40 card, and now I, there's a new Windows I don't know <laughs> about either. <laughs> dang it. I, I, on, I'm man. on Windows. I don't know. But I think I, I guess Windows 11 is the new Mike, one. I think throw on a clean... your computer into the garbage. That's what we're recommending. <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. After I wash my mouth out with soap, I'll do that. <laughs> it's okay. Go it's back okay. to your GameCube, loser. No, oh, anyway. No, don't tempt me with a good time. Please. <laughs> don't tempt me with a good time. That's amazing. That should be your new tagline. Don't tempt don't me. Don't tempt me with a good time, GameCube. <laughs> Would have sold 20 more million copies. I want that one. Uh, but Witcher 3 uh, update with the bells and whistles actually on. Holy moly. Right, Christian? Holy moly. Holy moly, indeed. That is also a game that with the bells and whistles seem to have come in hot, depending on what platform you're playing it on. It's like, uh, yeah. the new version's out. People on Xbox are like, is it? How do I play <laughs> the old version? Because this, this new version's not so great. Um, on PC, with all the bells and whistles on, uh, it is great, and it runs... I, I haven't had uh, any problems with it. I've only put probably an hour into it. It was one of those things where I... I'm the person who never beat the main game, Witcher. I beat, uh, what's the excellent expansion? Blood and Wine. Blood and Wine. I loaded iron. The, the good one. What's the good one? Blood and Wine. Blood and Wine. Iron something. Iron, iron Shores. Something like that. Iron no, Heart. I don't know. Blood yeah. and Wine blood is and the one people like a lot. Yeah, Blood and Wine. I, I did that. Like auto level my character in that. It's like, ooh, so for this, I'll go back to my old save in the main game. And now I'll play that. I have no clue what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're witching. You're yeah, witching. I only played an you're, hour you're of it, but. Mostly what I did, Jeff, is I walked to caves and I walked into buildings and I yeah. turned settings on and I turned settings off. It's a game itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 cool that uh, what I did was I uh, I was like, I loaded up GOG again and, and I was like, oh, I got Witcher 3 on GOG. And then I loaded up Steam and I was like, oh, I got Witcher 3 on I didn't know I had Witcher 3 on so many <laughs> platforms. It's a game I already have evidently multiple times. And uh, the update is free. And uh, man, it, it really makes that game sing. I mean, it, it, it's a great game. It's a, I love one of my favorite games ever. Um, and uh, worth revisiting if you've got one of these cards. Whew, the, 
the the beautification is 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 real, especially if you do it right. <laughs> it's kind of like you all talking about. Wow, I felt no desire to load mods, whereas before I was always yeah. tempted yeah. by like, yeah, what could I do here or there? And it, it, if it if it runs well for you, it's it's in a really nice state, and hopefully it gets better for everybody here pretty soon. Yeah, uh, let's talk about War- Warhammer Forty K Dark Tide. Uh, because that's uh, another game that utilizes these uh, fancy DLSS 3.0 bells and whistles, and it is this is a uh, a first person shooter uh, with some third person hubby world stuff. It feels to me, this game feels to me like Left for Dead meets Destiny. A bit, yeah. I call it Warhammer Dark Tide four zero comma zero 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 because I want to get the name accurate uh, oh, that's good i want to get that you're not gonna yeah. abbreviate the 4k like all of those nerds <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's very much a left for dead like or a back for blood like but with a larger destiny third person home world where you get to see your cosmetics yeah i was not expecting to play we still have not had a chance to play together jeff um and i was like i'll dip into this and i want to see what it's like and i want to you know see more dlss 3.0 stuff i think i've put five hours in already it's gorgeous um, short gorgeous had it I really like this game. Yeah. It's, I think it's loop is going to get frustrating for me at some point of like all the little currencies and I won't be able to keep up with my dailies and stuff like that. But back for blood did not grab me, but how this mixes in kind of meaningful narrative, kind of in an odd way. Um, but then it, yeah, it looks so good and it's the gorgeous. action is frenetic and i feel like i don't know the enemy types as well like back for blood it was clearly like that's the witch that's mm. the spitter yeah. that's the and, and here i'm like surprised by you know new enemies and stuff like that i really yeah. like it it does a it does a really good job of um mixing melee with ranged you know which i think left for dead did as well but it, it really makes it uh fun to you know it, it limits your ammo a lot yeah. in the course of the missions. And so yes. you end up like, oh, I guess I got to use this shovel or an axe or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, that the melee is fun. And you're just wading into tons of, you know, I don't know what they even are, demons. Like the mobs, the mobs you can clear out with your shovel or your upgraded yeah. whatever. And like, that's super satisfying. And I think yeah. it wants you to, you know, alternate between those, like stagger with a shot and yeah. then go into the mobs and clear out with melee to consume your ammo for this later thing. And, and you, uh, I mean, it really yeah, does fun. want you to sort of wade into this mess of bad guys. Cause it'll send huge waves of bad guys, very zombie, like very, you know, left for dead, like, and you wait, you can wade into the center of it uh, and you can block incoming melee attacks and then like shove people away with your melee weapon. And then it's, it's wild. And you got grenades and stuff also. Um, and there's character classes and you're, you're teamed up. You know, there's no way to play this game really solo uh, after the uh, beginning of the game. Uh, and you've got character classes and you're jumping in online with people and you're, you know, you're doing these very left for dead type missions where you can, you know, revive people that are down and try to all get to the safe area together and do certain objectives along the way. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of the aesthetic of the game. It's very, it, you know, it's very, it's, it's very warm. Dark. Yeah, it's very yeah, it's grim, very dark. Very... You suck. Everything sucks. Everybody yeah. sucks. Yeah. The world sucks. Even your own main character is like sleazy. You know, there's not not a good character to even pick. You know, it's like all of them are kind of gross. But I mean, not not visually, but like just what they stand for, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I, that's a bit of a turnoff for me. I mean, if you're like super into, you know, Doom, uh, that look or or uh, Metal Hellsinger, it's, it's kind of got that same like dark 
grimdark thing. I think, but slightly dark, but more oppressive. Yes. <laughs> dark or shiny. Very well with said. With ray tracing. Uh. <laughs> I mean, but the game is utterly gorgeous. And like with all those bells and whistles turned on, silky smooth and amazing, buttery and wonderful. And so, yeah, I played a lot more of this than I thought I was going to, too, just because the missions are, you know, they last about 20 minutes. You can hop into one. You know, unfortunately, the load time is, I don't know if you had that, but the load time for me was excruciating. Just the first yeah. initial one of like waiting for all your people to load into the thing. And there's a there's a prompt on screen that uh, says next. And I yeah. was like, oh, I'm, I'm an idiot. I've just been sitting at the screen. Everybody's <laughs> waiting for me to ready up. And then I push next and it just shows me the other end game tip. And I'm like, oh, it's not an end game tip. It's not even a tip. Oh, it's, it's just a quote from the Warhammer world. Like, <laughs> behold the glory of the coming of the demon lord or whatever. And that's like, next. All power for the demon lord. Next. It's like, demon lord yeah. uh, arriveth. And I'm like, yeah. that, why am I nexting just, right now? You should think, though, you know, about the demon lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I quickly realized that, yes, I can just put my controller back down. I was like, oh, I'm the idiot. And I was like, nope, nope, I'm doing it. It gave right. me something to do. I'm like, oh, I'm reading these <laughs> quotes over and over. Uh, yeah. Don't listen to your parents and observe the demon lord. Oh, okay. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so that's uh, Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. Uh, I think Christian and I are both enjoying it more than we thought we would, and um, it's uh, very pretty. I mean, it's really one of the most beautiful first-person shooters I've played in a long time, and it's utterly stunning. Now that you have those settings on, you need to uh, at least on Game Pass go in and play your 10 hours of Need for Speed because it's the yeah. same thing. You know what I did? I, well, I, I played Plague Tale uh, Requiem, yeah, which yeah. is Jesus unbelievable with with dlss 3.0 and i also loaded up uh forza horizon mm. <laughs> dude forza horizon Which is technically f- just that's just beefy that's I know, not DLSS that's just beefy that's that's not just any, it doesn't support yeah. dlss 3.0 but holy moly uh was it silky smooth i mean it, yeah. i was yeah i mean i was like limiting it at 120 frames per second and never moved it was like 120 frames per second all the time so yeah real nice Real nice. Um, all, all right. I have one other game I want to just mention quickly because I keep putting it off. Uh, I got a tweet from someone who uh, is uh, at Barini on, on Twitter saying, hey, Jeff, this game is going to be your new jam. Got to check it out. I was like, okay, well, if you say so. So I did. Uh, it's an indie game called Swordship, which I think is like 20 bucks, 15 bucks, something like that. Not, not a super expensive game. Uh, this game's very cool. Mm. I've never seen anything like it. It is really a clever new subgenre. They call it a dodge em up instead Ooh. of a shoot em up, a dodge em up, because you don't shoot in this game. Uh, everything shoots at you, and you. Uh, the game is dodging the bad guys in a way to make them shoot each other and kill each other. So you are playing a speedboat in the you know, post-apocalyptic future where everything's water, uh, you're trying to collect uh, cargo and capture it and take it to certain places. Uh, the way this you do that is... future and Mad Max's future need to meet. Yeah, right. have a very livable future. This is Waterworld <laughs> and Sandy and Dune. Dune and Waterworld. addicted to water, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, so it, it works kind of like Spy Hunter. You know, the old, the old arcade game Spy Hunter where you're going super fast yeah. and you can just run into something and, you know, pick it up uh, and it attaches to your ship. That's how it is. Very satisfying when that happens. Um, but most of what you're doing is going uh, along this fast water. And very few games, if any, in my experience, have I uh, witnessed where the I'm, it's coming at 
the down the screen. You know, a very few games where I'm coming mm. sort of at me. I'm looking at the front of my ship and it's coming at me, basically. Oh, um, so like the uh, the stampede level in Lion King for Super Nintendo. <laughs> yes, yes, a reference we all remember that's what i'm here for <laughs> no one can get past the giraffe level mike so no one knows what that level is <laughs> it's on the back of the box okay christian we all saw that uh anyway and and so there's uh these uh bad guys that pop up or come down they're flying ones there's ones also in the water and they'll have different attacks that'll be shooting at you or a detonating or and and they'll track you so you can sort of decide where their attack is going to land it'll be like beep 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 and so you can place their laser beam or their bomb or or all kinds of different stuff on the other bad guys and then you have the ability to sort of dive under the water for short periods of time so you have you can you know dextrously dodge just move your ship out of the way or you can submerge and dodge at the last possible moment and there's all these ways to chain those collisions and those enemies hitting each other and it gives you credit for cool change and stuff it's an arcade game and it's it's basically a roguelite as well because you're just doing runs as as far as you can go and as many cargo things as you can get before you die and you if you're like me, you die a lot because it's very kinetic, very crazy. You're trying to get, you know, you're trying to get it so it's the last second before you're you are hit, and then you dive or you dodge out of the way. So there's lots of you know pushing your luck and and trying to get right at the very edge of oh I exploded. Start a new run. Let's go. A very very cool game. I've never seen anything like it. It really feels original and cool. Super uh, super inexpensive and I. Highly recommend it. It's great on Super Ultra Ride. It's great on Steam Deck. It's called it's really S- pretty. Yeah, very stark, uh, cool uh, art design. Color very palette. simple. Yeah, yeah. it's called yeah, it Sword Ship, and that's what I've been playing this week. Cool. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Mike Minotti, thank you so much for being here. It's always a blast talking to you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate being on again. Just right before the holidays. What a what a great time to talk about some video games. Indeed, indeed. And tell folks where they can keep up with you and all the stuff that you do online. Yeah, I am Tolkoto, T-O-L-K-O-T-O on Twitter and Twitch. I've got my two video game podcasts with Jeff Grubb with uh, Last of the Nintendogs, our Nintendo podcast, and our more general gaming podcast, Game S Decides. And then I also have 90s Disney my Disney podcast I do with my brothers. Uh, I think our we were at Disney World at the uh, start of or the end of November. We had a trip just a little bit ago. We're going to be doing a trip report that will probably be up by the time this show is up. So check out that episode to hear about all the things I enjoyed in Disney World just a few weeks ago. Awesome. Very cool. Did you go to Pandora? Oh, uh, I was in Pandora for sure. Uh, that that area is incredible. I can't uh, just wait. being there, especially at nighttime with the the uh, glowing lights everywhere. Just like the way everything just shines, and you're under those floating mountains with the waterfalls. Uh, and they have green beer, so that's oh, also man. nice. I want to go there so bad. I want to go there so bad. All right, um, Christian Spicer. What about you? What do you got going on this week? Uh, I did another, another newsletter. It came out folks. It did it. It happened. Tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. My favorites, not games of the year. Um, 
some movies, comics, books, stuff like that, things that I enjoyed in 2022. Also, as of like just now, as we're recording this, so when you're hearing it, it won't be quite as hot, but it feels exciting for me to say, because um, I don't know if you know um, Dave Chen, Jeff, do you know? I'm familiar. Him? I'm, I'm mm. unfortunately. Do you, do you know they're making a Last of Us TV show? This is the rumor. Do you know that Dave does a podcast where he covers TV shows? I believe it is culturally relevant or decoding, decoding. everything. No, culturally relevant decoding. is his other show. Decoding TV is what there you're talking is. about. Where it's, it, a, yes. it's almost like I pay attention to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you might not know, uh, but it, it's official now. He said it. So his lips to my lips now to your ears, I think is how it's going to go. Lips to lips to ears. We are mm. going to be covering, I am joining Dave on Decoding TV to do uh, episode breakdowns of The Last of Us HBO show. I January 15th. My invitation was, uh, is, is in the mail. Well, to be fair, your invitation was for Dave and I to do it. So thank you yeah. for the recommendation. You texted me way back when, when this was announced and you were like, you and Dave would do a great show. And I was like, That's ah, great. I don't like anything you tell me, Jeff. Um, but that doesn't reduce my FOMO. Like this. It's <laughs> okay, Jeff. We could do a podcast where we just watch that World of Warcraft movie uh, once a month and think of something new to say about it. I like you it. It's your media. But you can, it's at, um, I got to get the URL right because I, I want to make sure I get people the right URL. So I wrote it down podcast.decodingtv.com is where folks can find that. We have like a preview episode that I think is out, like right now, out. And then we'll start uh, for realsy you know, next year, we wanted to get this announcement out because of the holidays and stuff like that. So we're announcing a little earlier before the show starts. And then I'm man, I feel I'm nervous. We talked about it on paid DLC, Jeff, like time standing still or things you get excited about. This show feels so close, but still so far away. I'm so excited to be here before you know, it. it's going to be awesome. And yeah, you guys are gonna do a great time. You just can't have too much fun without me. That's all I ask. No, it's going to be amazing. There'll uh, be no poetry allowed, Jeff. I promise. No poetry. <laughs> Haikus. Um, <laughs> as far as uh, me, you can all follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. And I've got uh, the film cast, which features that same Dave Chen. I don't know. Yeah, not familiar. Uh, and Devendra Hardwar, uh, talking about movies and TVs. We just dropped our 700th episode. 700 episodes. Uh, Congrats, and the 700th man. episode is about avatar the way of water it is one of my uh, one of uh, my favorite episodes that we've ever done we covered uh the podcast covered avatar the first avatar in episode 81 and now in episode 700 the sequel how cool is that uh so check it out uh wherever you get podcasts the film cast is what it's called also i do uh, we have concerns which is a comedy science show with uh, anthony carboni you can find that at we have concerns.com and a sports show called the fan controlled show uh you can find that uh twitch.tv slash fan controlled sports all right let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts hey give us a suggestion Mike, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Yeah, you know, I've talked about how excited I am for Christmas. I enjoy Christmas movies. One that I don't think people have uh, in their canon as much as they should, along with your elves and your home alones and your Christmas vacations, is Ernest Saves Christmas, which is definitely a favorite of mine growing up. And I rediscovered it, I think, in the first year of Disney+. And now I like to kind of watch that one again every year. 
just a good fun time. I miss Ernest. That was just such a goofy, likable character. I think you could pitch any movie to me with just blank saves Christmas and I am <laughs> going to be on board with it, right? Jake Solly saves Christmas. I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> I like it. That's two now. Man, I got to watch my language. I'm sorry, but no, that's all right. it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> uh, it's Ernest Saves Christmas, which is on Disney+. Plus. That's right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Christian Spicer, what is your parting gift? Also related to the holidays in the sense that people come together and you might see family members who you don't see as often. And assuming a decent amount of our audience is our age range, Jeff, and I know we've talked around this before, but I like to do semi-regular reminders about it. Um, and I try to do them at this time of year so you can encourage to tell other people about it. Do your uh, you know, cancer screenings, listen to your doctor's advice, go mm. get your colonoscopy, get your mammograms. Um, it's something that, uh, you know, I've talked about St. Jude and I, uh, I don't need to get into specifics. I probably never will. Um, but it's important to me and you all are important to me. So take care of yourselves and, and do what you can when you're of age to start doing those things and taking into account your risk factors and tell your loved ones to do the same Yeah, because you can't save everybody, but you might save someone. I had a colonoscopy recently, or as I like to call it, me too. Er- Ernest saves my colon. <laughs> hey, we're colonoscopy brothers. I yeah, I just actually had my third one, so I have Crohn's. So I, I get oh. colonoscopies a, a, a bit deal a bit more regularly. But yes, I do like to demystify people being afraid of them. They give I, you the good drugs for those, dude. Don't that worry, was exactly what I was about to say. Is they give you the good drugs for those? I I uh, very nervous. I was very nervous about mine. A there's no i had no sensation after no no sensation no like oh there was definitely something in there no none of that and you wake up going this is the greatest day Mm -hmm. of my life yeah Mm -hmm. so uh you know my my only regret if you're somebody juvenile like me who thinks that farting is funny you know they have to kind of pump a lot of air up there make sure somebody has a phone to record those ones because you're (laughs) gonna gonna, you want to show your friends those that's a good good stuff ah somehow ruined that nice moment (laughs) <laughs> self-screen in the shower testicular breast uh skin you know be aware of your body and i think it, people are like it's icky and i don't do mm-hmm. that i don't m- markings moles sun damage be aware of y- who and what you are and take care of yourself yeah um parting gift from me uh two things real quick the first i never say it i don't say it enough and maybe it's a little late for a holiday gift but that's not going to stop me from bringing up the fact that you can actually get merch for our show at dlcswag.com. Uh, thanks to uh, at Jesse, An- uh, Jesse J. Anderson for making that uh, website. Corey Schmidt's hot design. Corey hot Schmidt's logo. hot design. dlcswag.com. Check it out. It's got, we got uh, stuff, hats, mugs, shirts, oh, whatever you need to cover your body and your coffee. Um, no, 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 nothing for your legs. Though. So go get your colonoscopy and a DLC shirt and hoodie. <laughs> nothing for your legs. Nothing below the waist. That's how we, that's how we record the show. So it just seemed appropriate. Nothing oh, below. Thank God. I thought it was just me. I feel so much more comfortable now. <laughs> um, okay. The other parting gift. So, you know, every week, if you listen to the show, the bumpers that we do, including the parting gift bumper, many of them done by Sean Madigan and his lovely wife, his family, uh, an incredible musician, Sean Madigan. And every year, it's a tradition that Sean Madigan and his family do a Christmas song, an original Christmas song that they put together and record every year. 
And the last several years, we've been very fortunate. Sean has shared it with us and we've been able to share it with you. And so is the case this year. So if you'll indulge me for about two minutes, I'm going to play the new Sean Madigan and family Christmas song, which is Christian this year. I think you're going to love it. It's full pop punk. So check out Sean Madigan, his wife, his family doing Christmas Eve Dreaming. John Madigan and his family. What a fantastic tune. I yes. hate it. They're so talented. <laughs> so I talented. I hate it. I don't we know are if I grateful. should be wrapping presents or playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater right now. <laughs> yes. So good. So good. Uh, thank you, Sean, for sharing that with us. Uh, if you would like to download that song or 
uh, find out uh, lots of other great music that he and his family have done, you can check out Madigan.me. That's uh, www.madigan.me. M-A-D-I-G-A-N.me is where you get uh, links to all of the Sean Madigan wonderful music experience. Uh, and we are grateful for Sean Madigan uh, and uh, Patrick L. and Zero Star for making those those uh, bumpers for our show. Um, There's just incredible amount of talent that is given to us. This is the last regular episode of DLC for 2022. Uh, next week, big one is going to be our favorite games of the year. Uh, Christian and I and uh, Anthony Taormina are going to be talking about uh, our favorite games of the year. And then the next episode after that are going to be our bold and cool ranch predictions for 2023. So thank you each and every one of you for being with us this year, 2022. Uh, we got more great episodes coming for you, but um, this is the last regular one. So thanks again to Mike Minotti and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. And thanks to each and every one of you for downloading the show. Thanks especially to our patrons for making it possible. In fact, our top tier patrons, our hype trained patrons, they get their names read out at the end of every episode. So Christian's going to do that right now. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but our patrons are so delightful. When something, 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 I should let them know, let them know, let them know. Just forget that something, something, something part there and pretend I had something that worked with it. And then I would say something like, uh, something else, something, something. Jason Novak, Octavian Ratziu, Christian Bravery, Jad, Peter Olberg, Michael Buck, Mike Lombardo, The Spice Man, Silencer, Albert Verheldodios, Jonathan, The Spice Man, Forever, Shetlifer, Stugas, Kevin Brazel, Ben, Dan Palmino, Malcolm King, Mark Gowland, Jonathan Putney, Will with one L Harris, Chris Zacharias, Jonathan Talbert, Scooby Diesel, Adam Denby, Sasan, Dan Flanagan, Anthony Gulas, Andy Joyce, Matt Valdez, John Cisco, David Epp, Hyperboy66, Brian Jordan, Kevin Edde, Joe DeFrank, Scott Lambert, Shoruken, Comedian Aaron Trahan, Curtis from Louisville, Relentless Rex, Michael S., Kyle Starr, Riley Knox, Rob Rixman, Hank Patton, Cheesy Bob, Victor Venezuela, Matt Bradley, Jeff Luxack, Mitchell Ness, Jimmy Radcliffe, Scott Hughes, Jenny, Nate, Zachary White, Yick, Soren Silk, Travis Jackson, Michael Stadler, Nick Strauss-Klein, Josh Peake, Taylor Wigert, and I'll let them know, let them know, let them know. Hey, happy holidays. We are in the thick of it for sure. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And uh, here's to uh, the fun year-end episodes. Yeah, Jeff and I appreciate you all so very much. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.